You're listening to The Bridge Between Podcast, a weekly exploration of how a family history project transformed into a search for understanding, truth, and the points of connection between people. In dialoguing with others, we begin to understand ourselves. My name is Cisco Ramos, and this is The Bridge Between. How do you measure progress? Do you know what it looks like? How it sounds? Is it something that you can hold? Can it be found in a bank account? Or in the freedoms that you exercise? Is it the expansion of your rights? The question of progress is tricky. Put aside what it might mean for a second. Put aside how you might interpret it for a moment. Does the word even make sense to you? Progress. Where's the starting point? Compared to what? To whom? As I was writing the collection of short stories, it became very easy and comfortable to rely on an assumption that I hadn't fully explored. Progress is measured by opportunities across generations. I simply heard it as the following question. Do children have it better than their parents? That's what I was asked while growing up. It's a question that I keep returning to today. Progress is why so many people work so hard for a future, for their kids, for a possibility. It's sometimes done on belief, almost as an act of faith. It seems pretty straightforward. We measure progress by opportunities that can hopefully translate into something tangible, better jobs, higher levels of education, higher pay, a bigger house. Progress is sometimes the act of passing down, to realize, to help usher in. Yet digging beneath the surface, even just for a moment, revealed that that formula is grossly inadequate. It doesn't account for the intangibles in and of themselves, their inherent quality, how they make life better, simpler, and even hopefully more meaningful. I spoke with a close friend of mine recently about the idea of progress. And to be frank, we do not have short conversations, so this one must have lasted about two hours and probably even more. I shared what I was learning about my parents and their generation in the 1960s. It was a much humbler upbringing than what we were told and what I experienced. My sister and I did not have their needs. The key word there is need. The roof was over our head, food was on the table. Pragmatism, the kind of thing that's required to survive, to move forward, to pick yourself up, to dust yourself off, to get on with living. Pragmatism, to focus on what's in front of you, day by day. That's what we had in abundance. We just simply didn't have any needs. Wants are an entirely different story. Once are the kind of things that exist outside of surviving. They are born when you look up, when you compare, and when you look back down again. You never experience once when times are lean, when life is rough. We definitely had once. I told my friend that I am so appreciative that I'm living today. Any time in the past would have been terrible, whether that's the 1970s, the 50s, or even the 1870s or the 1850s. It would have been terrible. While writing the collection, 
I focused on a specific time period within the family tree. It was the mid-1880s. The place was Jalisco, Mexico. I wasn't just interested in what it might have been like for the campesinos on Hacienda Ledesma, where my family worked. Rather, I wanted to know what kind of intangibles might have existed for them. I originally focused on rights. And rights are an interesting question in colonial Mexico. Do they exist and to what degree? Well, that really depends on where you stand socially, how much money you have, do you own land, who you know. So for people working as peons on the haciendas, the question of rights and your ability to exercise them probably sounded nice in theory and absolutely impossible in practice. What about formal education? Could they go to school? Honestly, the answer is no. Not formal education, at least. Formal education comes with state sponsorship. Four walls, a roof, recognized credentials, degrees, that kind of thing. So far as I know, formal education wasn't really an experience that could have been taken advantage of. Mexico at that time was a weak state. There's the Texas Revolution, U.S. troops occupying Mexico City, the French invasion. Mexican authorities were too occupied with surviving. Formal education as we know it didn't really exist for common people. Perhaps you could hire a tutor, but who had the time and money for that? Certainly not my ancestors. What about freedom from hunger? That's got to be a thing. Remember, we're talking about campesinos, people who worked the land. Unfortunately, according to birth and death certificates, People died from perfectly curable diseases and ailments. Hunger, typhoid, malnutrition, even dysentery. In an earlier episode, I mentioned that the point of a hacienda was to create serfdom-like conditions within, while their owners spent their capital on the outside. How bad must have the conditions have been for them? Well, I really don't know exactly. But I do know that the first thing they did when the possibility of leaving arose... They left. They headed north, into cities, with hopes of, I imagine, finding work with better pay. The haciendas that dot the Aguascalientes-Jalisco border still exist. Most are an abandoned shell, lying empty, almost like a ruin. So when I think about the broader historical picture, and return to the question this episode is named after, I am measuring progress, not in the everyday, not in the hypothetical of what my ancestors may or may not have experienced. I measure progress against the previous generation, my parents, not where they ended up or their slow slog towards betterment and mobility. That's an unfair and dishonest comparison. My benchmark for progress is based on where they started. Their hopes and dreams, the stuff that makes you get out of bed in the morning, almost against your will, before the sun is up, to turn on the stove, to prepare breakfast, and to enjoy the moments of calm and silence. I measure progress this way because I don't know how else to gain perspective or meaningful insight. Maybe the dreams or aspirations are a little bit different. Maybe they take different shapes or, or use different words, but the underlying sentiment, that underlying vision, that intangible better, that something better than this is possible, that belief, that faith in oneself, 
That's progress. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Bridge Between. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you'd like to reach out, you can email me at thebridgebetween at gmail.com. That's thebridgebtwn at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at thebridgebetween. That's thebridgebtwn. Please reach out because I'd love to hear how the stories I'm sharing relate to your own experiences and identities. This is the conclusion of the first season of The Bridge Between. I'll be back in late January with new stories and insights. Thank you for listening.